you just listened to What A Waste and it opens up the show today. Yes, happy Monday to you. I hope you're doing amazing. I hope you're well, you are staying safe, you've had a good meal today and you are looking forward to the show ahead. My name is Crystal, here with you till 7pm. I've got good music coming your way and great conversation on The Groove Cafe. That's coming up between 4 and 5pm. My playlist has DJ Neptune and Kiss Daniel. I'll also be playing you some Wahoo music from Maroon 5, Megan Thee Stallion, as well as Usher and Will I Am. I've got so much planned for you. How was your weekend? Mm, did it go well? How was your Monday morning? Was it hard to get out of bed? I have to be honest, I had a bit of a rough night. Tell me something. In your area, where you live, hmm? Are they like concerts going on or overnight prayers? Because last night was so bizarre for me. Until about 3 a.m. It's like there was there was a place close by in my neighborhood where they were having overnight prayers with speakers and people yelling loudly in the microphone. So I didn't sleep as well as I should. But uh, I saw something on Instagram that just lifted my spirits right up. I'll tell you about that a little later on. So much coming your way. It is The Groove on RX Radio. The Groove. Here we go. Give me some of this. Give me some of this. RX Radio. Coming in from the Pussycat Dolls and taking us back, you just listened to I Hate This Part. It's playing for you right here on The Groove on RX Radio. I am Crystal Newman. Good afternoon again. Thank you for joining me. I'm here with you Monday to Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. And you can always get in touch with me on Twitter and Instagram. That is at Crystal A. Newman. You can always reach me on Facebook as well. That is Crystal Newman. And I've got loads coming your way. So much to talk about the groove now one of the things that I have learned and I find quite fascinating uh, in terms of my journey is how abuse and bullying affects people especially when they grow up In many cases, and I need to make this clear, not all, but in many cases, people who were abused as children go on to be abusers as adults. Uh, In some cases, it's sexual abuse victims. In some cases, it's simply just seeing domestic violence in your home, around you, growing up with your parents or your aunts, uncles in your community. And even though you know that it's wrong, for many people, they end up behaving the same way because those are the first examples they were given that they saw and as children you know you model after your parents and all these influential figures in your life and the same thing kind of applies to bullies as well a lot of the bullies that we have in school in workplaces sometimes are bullies because they come from their homes or other smaller settings that they're in, they're bullied as well. So many children who are bullied at school are actually bullied at home. So it's interesting, this cycle, and there's so much work that has to go into breaking the cycle, breaking this cycle of abuse. 
or violence in many cases in the work that I've done in terms of different kinds of violence, whether it's sexual violence, physical violence, emotional violence, right? There's so many ways that you can look at this. And I was reading this story that uh, took me back to about two years ago, 2019, and it brought all of that back of how, you know, people who experience abuse at a young age can go on to do even worse. And I was reading about this gentleman in Alaska. His name is Jason Vukovic. At 43 years old, he was sentenced to 23 years in prison behind bars after he was charged with numerous assaults and robbery. Now, he was known as a vigilante and he decided to track down and beat up pedophiles and sex offenders with a hammer. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, how did he get this information? And it's actually the press and other people who decided to call him a vigilante hero um, because most of the people he was attacking were pedophiles, people who had preyed and abused young children. Now, he actually decided to use the National Registry, which is an internet registry, to track down and beat up these sex offenders because... Maybe not so much here in Uganda, but in some other parts of the world, if you are ever charged, if you're found to be a sex offender, then this information is made public and you end up on a list of, you know, sex offenders. So he used that list, tracked these people down and uh, attacked so many. When he was caught, when he was questioned, he justified his actions by saying he was an avenging angel seeking justice for the people that these sex offenders had hurt. And he didn't deny it. He took full responsibility for his actions. But then on more questioning and during the court hearing before he was sentenced, it came out that he himself was a victim of molestation and abuse when he was a child. He told the court how his stepfather had sexually and physically assaulted him. And as a result, he felt that, you know, he had to go out and defend so many other people who had been abused. He tracked down three pedophiles using the state sex offender registry list and attacked them in 2016. He reportedly knocked down these men with a hammer, leaving them unconscious. And he also robbed his victims after beating them severely. So again, um, this brings back the question of abusers sometimes being victims as well when they were younger. Again, I am not justifying this in any way can I make that very clear. And I'm not saying that all people who were abused as children go on to be abusers. But it's just a reminder that so much work needs to go into dealing with what has happened to us as children. We've heard this from psychologists, psychiatrists, from therapists about how your inner child needs to heal from whatever trauma it is you've experienced because sometimes you suffered at the hands of a monster but you end up growing up and becoming a monster yourself. Nicole Scherzinga with Don't Hold Your Breath. It's playing for you right here on RX Radio, your number one online radio station. I am Crystal, yeah! And it is The Groove. Up next, it's Prince KB featuring Press, Beautiful Girls. Hey, guess what? This is RX Radio. You 
just listened to you coming in from Regard, Troy Savan and Tate McRae. It opens up this hour of The Groove right here on RX Radio. Thank you for joining me. And yes, The Groove Cafe is coming up. That's between 4 and 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. Amazing conversations with my guests from all walks of life, whether it's business, fashion, music, acting. Uh, my goodness, I have learned so much and I love sharing these conversations with you. Now, remember, if you've missed out on some of my guests, well, you can always go to our podcast section and just check out The Groove with Cristo. That is me. And uh, you can start by downloading the app. That's RX Radio, available on both iOS and Android. But remember, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter. That is at RX Radio UG, on Facebook, RX Radio. And you can listen in live simply by going to www.rxradio.ug. Happy vibes, sweet connections, the groove. This is what music was created for. RX Radio. Radio. Happy vibes. Sweet connections. The Groove. Groove Cafe. It is time for the Groove Cafe where I sit down with different people and we hear about their lives and what they are passionate about. My guest today is a public health specialist and she has dedicated uh, her life as an HIV AIDS and sexual and reproductive health rights advocate. She is a young woman living openly with HIV. I have Martha Clara Nakato joining me on the Groove Cafe today. Hi, Martha. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Do you go by Martha or Martha Clara? <laughs> Martha Clara. Martha Clara. Okay. Yes. Who gave you the names Martha Clara? <laughs> I feel like there's something there. So Martha is my Catholic name, mm-hmm. but also the name Clara, you know, mm-hmm. meaning fighter. Fighter. So I added that name to my list, Martha Clara, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> a woman who is a courageous fighter. All right. I, I can see that you've done so much. You're a youth representative on the Global Fund Country Coordinating Mechanism of Uganda. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the things you've been recognized for, the projects uh-huh. you've been part of. Wow. Well done, my dear. Thank you, Tori. It's my pleasure to serve humanity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's you, something that motivates me. Something that motivates you. So yeah. you are Ugandan, born in Uganda? I am a proud Ugandan. Mm-hmm. I am born and raised in Uganda and I come from Tororo. Tororo. <laughs> quite upset that all my life has been in Kampala. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but you've gone to visit, have you? Yes, I've visited a number of times. I've attended mm-hmm. a couple of weddings and burials. Ah, and so also, you have family yeah. there. Yes, I have family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, but you you said you were born in Kampala. Yes, I was born in Kampala, Mulago. Mulago Hospital. Schools here? Yes, yes I schooled here. Uh, my first school, I was at St. John Bosco Katende. That mm-hmm. is from my primary one uh, to my P7. Mm-hmm. And then later, I went to St. John's High School, Namagunga, for my O-level. Mm-hmm. And then I went to... Um, Trinity College, then Nambole High School mm-hmm. for my A-level. Mm-hmm. And 
I went for my university at uh, Chambogo University. Chambogo University. Yeah. Now you share your experiences as someone living openly mm-hmm. with HIV. When did yes. you first find out? So um, I first found out I was living with HIV when I was actually 14 years. 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I didn't know ever since I was born. I didn't know. I think my dad was trying to protect me because, mm-hmm. you know, the stigma surrounding HIV and also for a young person like me, you know, mm-hmm. you're an adolescent, you hardly know things about life, but also uh, the notion, the myths that people place around people living with HIV. Mm-hmm. You've been promiscuous. That is the first thing that people think about. Oh, you. Yes. yes. Yet so, so many young people are born with HIV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I got to know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I got to know at 14 because if I'd not known at that time, I doubt whether I would be where I am today. So how did you find out? Did he sit you down or did you find out some other way? Oh my God. So what happened? My twin brother had had sex. (laughs) Quite funny. Uh My twin brother had had sex, so he was scared because the schools that we went to, uh, it was mandatory that you had to test, uh, you had to do some medical checkups before you -hmm. you could proceed. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think my brother thought that as we report to school, uh, my dad would do all those tests and then they would find out that maybe he is something. Uh So (laughs) mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) he asked me to accompany him to the health center. I went with all the excitement, you know, oh my God, I'm the support system for my twin brother. Mm-hmm. And then Papa, I was very confident I was okay because I was still a, a virgin at that time. You mm-hmm. know, I was very innocent. Mm-hmm. And then surprisingly, when the results came back, uh, at first I was happy for my brother that, well, he's one negative. And then back to me, mine were positive. Oh, Trust wow. me, I broke down. I had a thousand questions in my head and no answers to all those questions. So it, mm-hmm. it was a hard experience. At that moment, I felt like mm. my future was shuttled. Mm. Everything about me was doomed. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's quite, um, and that is the fear that we all, we all face. Mm-hmm. The first time you go for an HIV test or even the first time you seek out to know your status. Yeah, it's, it's scary yeah. the first time. That's why so many people avoid it. They don't even want to know. Yes. Yet you must but, know your status. Mm-hmm. But of course, I always tell people that better to know than not to know. Absolutely. You know, the, the biggest fear you can ever have in life is the fear of not knowing. Mm-hmm. You get. But once you know something, then you'll always find a solution yeah. on how to deal with it, on how to even live with it. And for me, I am proud that uh, for over 10 years now, mm-hmm. I have managed to be where I am and embrace the fact that HIV is living with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It's a diagnosis that I have to learn how to deal with. But what is more beautiful than using your your life, you know, using mm. your story, your purpose mm. to really empower other people out there, to send out beautiful information that, you know, you can live with HIV and you can still look so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do anything. You can still be so healthy yes. if you take care of yourself exactly. and, and live a long, beautiful life. Exactly. And, and it's not your HIV that defines you. Mm. This is just an iota of you, you know. Mm-hmm. HIV is not you. Mm-hmm. So I also think that we as people living with HIV, we really have a role to play to really, as you meet up people, you know, talk to them about these issues. You be open about it. I know it's hard, but mm-hmm. it is a process. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned you've been living openly with it for 10 years now. So you've had quite so, some time uh-huh. to be able to, of course, absorb it and, uh-huh. and, you know, decide how you're going to take care of yourself and moving forward. What were the first steps that you took 
did you go for counseling uh mm-hmm. did you seek out other people who are hiv positive mm-hmm. how did you you know come from that place where it was a shock you felt like mm-hmm. you were doomed to the positive ray of sunshine you are yeah. now <laughs> so it is uh 8 years now openly come up in my HIV status. Mm. My first public open was when I participated in a white plus which party and there is a pageant for a young people living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes. I participated in that, yes, and that really gave me a platform to go global, to go national and to go regional. Okay. But of course I must say that um coming out is a decision you make, you know? Mm-hmm. And you really need to find a reason why you choose to come out. Mm-hmm. For me I felt like sharing my story with other people but also looking at myself as a very very beautiful woman you know a number of times i meet men and they're like oh you're joking you can't be positive like you're so beautiful and i'm like yeah, okay yeah. what does <laughs> one have to do with the other <laughs> exactly mm. but i think that is also the myth that a number of people have people think that a past people living with hiv you can see them someone mm. will tell you well they have red lips they have pimpled skin they have all that Ah, so mm-hmm. yes but of course all these all these are not true because I have none of those but anyway um for me it was really a, a process and maybe first and foremost I would really recognize the strong support system that I had at my health facility the aid support organization Tasomolago mm. the friends I really have two beautiful friends oh my god baby was there for me since high school till now oh. but also my family very very supportive as I said earlier um of my family we are eight kids uh same mom same dad and Ooh. i am the only one i am the only one with the child i am the only one you with are the, the only one out of all yes. your siblings yes what yes. about my, your parents are they so my dad my dad was positive and my mom my mom was also positive but my mom passed when i was five okay. so my dad was positive yeah mm. so, so so your um, father had just kind of kept quiet about it i think i think it's nature it's, it's just natural for men to uh hide some things mm. because maybe they don't know how to go about it mm. for me i personally feel like it was fear my dad was scared mm. how would i live with it even me being the only child born like that yeah so but like fear. you said your siblings were fine were you sickly as you were growing up did you have any very, issues with your health very oh. very 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 so were you on like, medication the whole fall? time no never i was never on medication but what i remember we had a family doctor so every time i would fall sick even at school my dad had commanded that every time she falls ill please call me we bring her back home okay mm-hmm. that was it yeah okay so okay. I, i was i was never on treatment mm-hmm. you know but i am happy that uh, by the time i knew my dad was pushed to start me on treatment immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay Okay, that's very positive. So when did you start on your journey as a public health specialist? I mean, you're passionate about sexual and reproductive health rights. Um, yeah. you've had 7 years of experience doing that. How, yeah. I mean, how did you start? When did you start? So, um my 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 journey, my journey really began in uh, 2013, 2014 with that as a PA educator, not really as a peer educator at Taso mm-hmm. as working as a peer support you know supporting in coordinating new clients having our uh, usual talks with other clients that come in your fellow peers and for me really the, the, the facility did support me to rise in mm-hmm. my career mm-hmm. and then later on I I joined uh, the Y plus beauty pageant then it gave me really a big fora to push out there mm-hmm. but also for me to trap into other spaces the fellowships uh all the different spaces where you would meet people you would meet mentors 
and then you're, you're really mentored to be who you want to be but mm-hmm. also for me to add in the aspect of uh increasing your academic qualifications i am um I am an accountant by profession, mm-hmm. but I'm also a secretary of productive health, a recognized national trainer. Mm-hmm. I did train around that area, okay. and also a trainer for gender-based violence. So, how do you how do you bundle the two? Your passions for me, I feel like uh, what I do right now is all about my passion because you need passion. Mm-hmm. You know, you need passion for what you do. If you don't have passion around something, then you will not do it so nice. So for, for me, it has always been passion, mm-hmm. passion. Passion Passion has been pushing you forward. And also, you you have your own personal story, you have your journey, and there's so many other people you can help with your story. Um, And then for me, I feel like my story has just been a pinch, you know, Mm. just a pinch of sun from the sea, because there are a number of people who are born with HIV who don't have a future, you know. They are grown from poor families. Oh my God, many are not educated. Mm. Many have given up on life. And then there is me, Mm. born in a very good family, you know. We had money, I went to beautiful schools, my parents invested in me. So looking at that privilege that not everyone gets, yes, you know, it, it really pushed me to know that I am favored, you know, I am blessed and I need to bless other people. And as I said earlier, for me, there is nothing that motivates me each day, you know, mm-hmm. getting a phone call from someone saying, Martha, oh my God, Martha Clara, because of you. I am what I am today. Oh my God, that is enough. And trust me, I get that phone call every week. Mm-hmm. Every week. So no matter the pain, no matter the torture, I'm like, hey, look here, girlfriend. There is someone out there who needs me, who feels like my presence pushes them to be happy, pushes them to feel fulfilled. You know, it pushes them to live every day. Mm-hmm. So I stop making it. I stop making selfish decisions about, you know, me, I am angry. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. maybe also to add that i i am a suicide attempt survivor oh, okay. you know so mm-hmm. every time i look back to that pain and i'm like what if i had died for all those eight attempts actually right now 10 yes all those attempts are you serious? where would i be today yes ten. where would i be today yes mm. 10 i've also suffered others uh last year during the lockdown mm. and then 2019 too but of course i am here that i'm alive so that alone makes me say who attempts suicide and they don't die yeah many many do die but then here you are god is giving you chances 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 <laughs> that means you have a purpose yes <laughs> so for me yes i have a purpose to motivate people to instill knowledge in people and to really give hope back to people and I do believe that pain, hope, and purpose can coexist. These three things can coexist. But a number of times, every time we are in pain, we lose. You know, we we don't see hope. Mm. We even lose our purpose, you know? Yes. Yes. Wow, Martha Clara, (laughs) that is so powerful. So powerful. (laughs) You're a survivor and you're determined to give back. Good on you, my dear. Yeah. As someone living openly with HIV... What, mm. what has been so challenging for you? So for me, I think that uh, one, um, part of the biggest challenges are about, uh, you know, one one thing maybe I would want to share is that living with HIV, you have to take treatment for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And there is that pill burden. Sometimes you wake up, you're just so tired of these drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. But, so I am speaking generally because I have been there. Okay. But right now, I'm at a point where I'm so empowered, where, you know, my life depends on the drugs. Yes. I mm-hmm. need them to live. I need them to survive. So that is why I will still re-echo and tell someone, if you're HIV negative, please keep in your comfort zone. Like, 
keep the hell in your zone mm-hmm. i don't want you in my zone because my <laughs> zone is toxic my zone is so complicated mm-hmm. my zone is expensive you know expensive thank you yes. mm-hmm. and then to really getting people you know every time you meet people like i am a woman beautiful you're always attracted to men so opening up to a man about your hiv status because mm-hmm. personally i do spot one i do tell you because i don't i don't want to waste my time you know mm-hmm. i tell you and you make a decision mm-hmm. but of course challenges come when you know you're telling someone and they are not receptive to it which is okay yeah which is okay but of course you know for even other people how many times are you are you standing to be rejected mm-hmm. you know that so is a not lot of rejection mm-hmm. that's a lot of rejection but then for a woman like me who is empowered i know rejection is part of life well if someone is choosing to not have me because of my hiv status that is their choice mm-hmm. you know there is someone for us all you know there yeah. is someone for us all and i don't i don't believe in the notion that your hiv status should be an exemption for you not to be in love for you not to be loved or even yes. for you you can still live your life fully <laughs> yes. fully yes or even for you not to enjoy your sexual rights you know mm-hmm. you need to have awesome sex you need to have fun yes yes mm-hmm. so it should not be an exemption but above that um i think those are few of the challenges maybe also to reiterate that the stigma and discrimination is still real mm-hmm. and you know it's quite funny that um we the people living with hiv we do stigmatize ourselves a lot you know those oh. fears you're having about so it yourself. comes from even within your community yes mm-hmm. you 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 are a reflection what you attract is a reflection of who you are mm. you know mm-hmm. if you've not learned the art of loving you desiring you knowing that you're human you're worthy you're loved you're blessed you're worthy of all kindness and love trust me you will keep attracting negative forces mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for me i'm at a point in my life where i have learned how to deal with rejection a man comes to me i tell you oh boyfriend this is who i am make a decision mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so i am i am happy that for most of the guys have opened up to their usually thrilled oh my god you know and they have stayed i have dated negative guys and they are perfectly okay with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but of course it's a process you need consent you need someone to consent to be in love with mm-hmm. you or to even engage uh-huh. in sexual exactly yeah. yes yeah Well the openness is is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, we have to be informed. Yeah. You have to be informed to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've been part of so many global campaigns. Can you tell yeah. me about the last one that for you was life-changing? So for me one that was really life-changing and one that every day I wake up and I'm like, "Oh my god, I made this." <laughs> was the Global Fund Replenishment. Mm-hmm. That was in 2019. So the replenishment is about, you know how the Global Fund works? The global fund is more of like um it's it's a voluntary fund where countries agencies uh bilateral partners pull money into a fund called the global fund and that fund is basically meant uh to invest but also to fight diseases of HIV, mm-hmm. TB and malaria. Mm-hmm. So the global fund is basically the major donor yes. for fighting uh, malaria, TB and malaria around the world. So I was part of the team that uh played the campaign step up the fight where we lobbied with countries um with sectors bilateral partners on why they needed to invest in the global fund mm-hmm. and what that meant for a person like me living with HIV but even for millions and millions millions of people around the world living with HIV but even for the infections that we do not know that may be likely to come on board and for me the experience was beautiful you know filming mm. all these beautiful videos yes. meeting presidents you know meeting representatives meeting partners around different countries and 
you're speaking life to them and tell them guys look here that penny mm-hmm. you know that one dollar can change a life mm-hmm. and when i look back now at the success of that replenishment where countries pledged almost 14 us billion dollars yeah billion of course, my yes, goodness mm-hmm. the largest ever funding for global health that's a record the largest ever funding and when i wake up and i'm like oh my god i was part of this i, I was, was part, part of, of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful emo- motivation so for me regarding financing because you know you cannot do anything without money mm-hmm. you need money to drive something so True. for mm-hmm. me to have that that i've been part of an initiative that you know raised monies monies that continue to save millions and millions of lives mm-hmm. i am proud every day Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Martha Clara, thank you so much for being so open, for being so vulnerable, for sharing you. your highs, but also your lows. Um, yeah. Yes. And your journey ahead is just beautiful. It's amazing oh, to see you. what you have done already. Thank you. I mean, yeah. how can how can we get in touch with you? How can we find you online? So I am online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm very responsive on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My Twitter handle is at Maclara180. Mm-hmm. And then I am Ma also Clara 180. Yes, mm-hmm. 180. I am also on Facebook, Nakato Maclara, my full names. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Instagram, The Okay Heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay not to be okay. Sorry, yes. can you say that again on Instagram? At The Okay Heaven. The Okay or at Heaven. The okay Heaven. Oh, Haven. Okay, yes, yes, Haven, yes. Haven, Haven. Yes, H A V E N. Yes, H A V E N, Haven. Okay. So those are my handles. So anyone can reach out to me. I am always here to support people dealing with mental health challenges, mm-hmm. people who are still striving to find a purpose. Or even those living with HIV, but they feel like they are hopeless, they don't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I am here to help them find a purpose. But then, most importantly, I am here to really empower women and make them understand that you're worthy and you can be just enough mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to let us anyone put you down and tell you you are a woman you cannot sit at that table you mm-hmm. can be anything but also to remind women that we have had a long fight of uh, gender equality mm-hmm. so this is our time to set the pace yes. this is our time to write and be recognized true and to take more responsibility <laughs> when it comes to exactly. our sexual health and reproductive health yes Mm-hmm. Yes, importantly. But also are we echoing uh, for the youth to mm-hmm. keep safe. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID is here, yes. HIV is still here, it's not in the lock. So you, you really need to take care of this. So you really need to wear that condom. Mm-hmm. If you don't know someone's HIV status. And do not only test because you want to have sex with someone. You need to at least give give yourself three months to know someone, test before you know you can go to those fires. Uh-huh. Thank yeah. you. Take your time to know someone <laughs> take your time before to know you someone. get to that. Mm. Yes. And importantly, keep in your zone. Like if you're HIV negative, try as much as you can to keep in your zone. Mm-hmm. Guys, we need your life. And if you're HIV positive, well, I am here. Mm-hmm. Take your treatment, be you, love you, you know. Do things that make you happy. Your HIV status is not a limitation. Mm-hmm. So don't let it, don't let it be a limitation. Don't give up, don't give up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This is such a powerful, positive, uplifting conversation. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank, uh, you, so thank you for taking the time. I know you're kind of on the move, I think, at the moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was nice chatting with you. Oh, it was nice chatting with you, my dear. Okay, be blessed and take care. Take care too, please. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Groove Cafe. RX Radio. Happy vibes. Vibes and sweet connection. Are you ready for this? Go! The Groove. In many cases, COVID-19 can actually be managed at home. And if you have someone who has tested positive, you can take care of them in the safety and comfort of your own home. But what does a caregiver need to know about their role in the management of COVID-19 patients? Well, be attentive to the presence of alarming signals or those indicating deterioration. Now, these include rapid or difficulty in breathing, a high fever, excessive weakness or inability to eat or drink. Identify and communicate immediately with the nearest health center or call the Ministry of Health hotline numbers 0800-203-033 or 0800-1066 at the onset of any of these danger signs. Now maintain constant communication as far as possible with the patient to attend to their needs and answer their doubts and with health workers to communicate the condition of the patient. Provide emotional support to maintain the patient's well-being, that's mental well-being, and reduce anxiety and stress. Support household members to maintain infection control measures for preventing further contagion at home and explain to other family or household members the steps they need to take to prevent further contagion at home. Be attentive to the presence of COVID-19 symptoms in other household members and take them for immediate assessment and diagnosis at the onset of any signs and symptoms. Also support the patient in treatment and other measures such as their nutritional support, psychosocial help, cleaning and disinfecting the room and just basically managing. So if we maintain a physical distance, wear masks always, sanitize or wash our hands with clean water and soap, get vaccinated and seek treatment early, we can fight COVID-19. Vibes, vibes, and sweet connections. You just listened to BTS Permission to Dance. It opens up this hour of the groove. Good evening to you. I hope you've had a good Monday. How are you doing? My name is Crystal. I'm here with you till 7 p.m. I've got music to lift your spirits, some surf mesa and Madison beer coming up. I'll also be playing you Lil Baby, Luther Vandross taking us back, and some Jordan Sparks as well as Waiki Bender and Lydia Jasmine. Happy vibes, sweet connections, the groove. Let's go! This is where hit music lives. RX Radio. Coming in from Heather Headley, this takes us back a little bit. In my mind is what you just listened to. I am Crystal. It is the groove. You are part of RX Radio. The groove. Now they say that the U.S. 
yes, the US of A is a country where people can sue for practically any reason under the sun. I, I don't necessarily believe that. I think you have to really be able to justify that you have a case. But some of the things you hear about, you're like, hmm. But then again, you're like, oh, yes, maybe, maybe this person had a point. Now, I was reading about the company Canon. Canon USA, you probably know the printers that they make. They were sued by a customer, a gentleman called David Leecraft. He filed a class action lawsuit alleging deceptive marketing and unjust enrichment by the printer manufacturer. But let me explain this. You're probably saying, huh? Why, why would he be suing a company that makes printers? Well, he was suing for the fact that there's some interesting settings in some of the printers that they make where if your printer runs out of ink, it will not work. Now, I'm not talking about uh, printing. Of course, definitely, I mean, there are certain things. Uh, if you need to photocopy something, you need ink, right? But running out of ink, it would not scan documents. Neither would it be able to fax. So because of some setting, mm -hmm, something they tinkered with, the moment you run out of ink, you can't even fax or scan. So he was saying, but why do I need ink? to be able to do these things. And these settings were, of course, adjusted so that, you know, uh, business would continue. The moment you run out of ink, you have to go and buy more. So he says that is deceptive and it's not fair. It is just a way for the company to continue to make more and more money. It is an all-in-one machine, at least the printer that he was dealing with, an all-in-one machine, and it should be able to scan or fax documents even if the printer has run out of ink. Tell me, don't you think he has a bit of a point? I think so. I think he has a point. And uh, I think for many other people, they're thinking about all these other gadgets that they have that require all these updates all the time. Mm -hmm. Constant updates, even when you've just updated like three weeks back. And sometimes you have to update because some of the apps or functions won't work. And then when you do, it still has a few issues. And then there's another update that's rolled out a few weeks later. But hey, I guess in the modern world of tech right now, you simply cannot avoid it. You have to continuously upgrade and update whether you like it or not. But things like this, yeah, that is hmm, deceptive. If it's an all-in-one machine, why should other functions stop working simply because you can't print? <laughs> Now that was Better Not Together coming in from Anne-Marie and opening up this hour of The Groove right here on RX Radio. I kind of feel like Anne-Marie is not getting the credit she deserves at the moment. So, so, so talented. But I've got more good music coming up. I'll be playing you some AJ Mitchell, some Mo Logo coming your way. I've also got Vibes Cartel, Lisa Hyper and so much more. The Groove. Now, have you heard of Professor Soborno Bari? Maybe not, right? But you probably should know about him because he is nine years old. I will say that again. 
He is nine years old and he is a professor in Hauteng in South Africa. Now, the Da Vinci Institute for Technology Management announced that it will be bestowing the Da Vinci Laureate, which is social architecture, on this nine-year-old professor. Again, his name is Soborno Isaac Barry. In a statement, the Institute said during its PhD graduation and president's dinner, it would honor this young man as well as South African playwright John Carney. Now you're probably thinking, but 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 he's seven years old. Let me tell you. Let me tell you here and now, he is not your average nine-year-old. He has done so much in his time. Uh, he was only seven years old when he received his first salary from Mumbai's university as a guest professor. And he has continued to achieve so much in terms of mathematics and science. And at the age of four, he received a letter of recognition from the U.S. president then, that was Barack Obama, for his accomplishments. Again, in math and science. He also received a letter from Harvard University's president, Drew Force. So he is not your average nine-year-old. He is a professor. And uh, I guess this is just the start of so much more lined up for him in the future. Let's go! This is where hit music lives. RX Radio. The Groove. I said earlier in the show today that I didn't sleep well last night. I did not get enough rest and it made me a little fuzzy, a little foggy, a little moody this morning because sleep is important. I think I've talked about it so many times. I admire people who sleep without any issues. I'm a pretty light sleeper and somewhere in my neighborhood, it seemed like someone was having either a concert or overnight prayers until like three o'clock in the morning. So yeah, this morning was a bit slow, but I came across something and it kind of lifted my spirits. It just cracked me up in so many ways. If only because I'm a huge fan of this particular person, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Now, you know him as an actor, uh, a former wrestler, professional wrestler. Some people say one of the best of, you know, of all time. He's also uh, a businessman in so many ways. He has, I think, a line of fitness gear, fitness wear. He's now got his own... Own, um, was it tequila? I think it's a tequila. I mean, he's doing so many different things. And at the same time, churning out movie after movie. He's a father. He's a, a, a girl dad. He has daughters. I mean, there's just so much that's going on in his life. Now, uh, when all this was happening, you probably did not know that he was very musical. Uh, and most people found out when he did the movie Moana. Now, um, in many of his interviews, he talked about how he had never really sang before in his life until he took on the role of the god Maui in the movie uh, Moana. And when you think about how he sang, um, it actually was pretty fast. It was almost like he was kind of rapping. So last week, 
he revealed that he is featuring on a song called Face Off. I think the song is called Face Off. And he actually raps in the song. And today, this morning, what just made my day so much better was he was sharing all these reaction videos. People watching his, his you know, debut, I guess, as a rapper for the very first time and how, yeah, people were losing their minds. So I thought it would be weird for me to talk about this without actually trying to play you a bit of that. So listen up. So there you have it. Uh, definitely there's a word we'll have to bleep out <laughs> that we have bleeped out. But a lot of people are like, but really? Dwayne Johnson, do you have to do everything under the sun? Can't you leave some things for other people? I guess he's uh, a rapper too now. What do you know? Happy vibes. Sweet, sweet connections. The groove. This is RX Radio. Now, we have talked about many people who are even more vulnerable when it comes to COVID-19. And we've talked about people with diabetes, high blood pressure, and so much more. People living with HIV with advanced disease, that is low CD4, high viral load, and those who are not taking antiretroviral treatment, that's ARVs, as prescribed by the health worker, also have an increased risk of coronavirus infections and related complications. Some people living with HIV may have known risk factors for COVID-19 complications. For example, diabetes, pressure, heart disease, respiratory disease, smoking and old age, and so may be at a higher risk due to non-HIV related factors. It is therefore very important that all people living with HIV ensure they take their ARVs as advised by health workers and follow government guidelines to reduce the risk of COVID-19. Now, all people living with HIV should keep their clinic appointments to pick up their medication and ARVs, including picking from convenient ART sites because of transport challenges. Now, all HIV clinics are working, that's a reassurance, and they have not been interrupted during this COVID-19 period. So how about you discuss with your health worker any issues you have with movement and the best options of accessing your drugs? Your options could include receiving or picking your drugs from a nearby health center, distribution point, or community group. It could be receiving drugs that last for longer periods, three to six months for stable clients. You could arrange with a trusted person, a border border, to pick and deliver your drugs. And in all these cases, all people living with HIV are encouraged to move or go with their books and remaining pill balances or the tins of drugs to help in easy identification of the drugs they are taking. It is also good practice to call your health worker before and after to make necessary arrangements for you, including ensuring that enough drugs for you are available. 
People living with HIV are advised to always take the same coronavirus infection prevention precautions as everyone else. Yes, please avoid crowded places, maintain social distancing, clean, wash your hands with soap and sanitizer frequently, cover your mouth and your nose when coughing and sneezing, avoid touching your face and go for vaccination if possible or available. Now, for more information, you can call 0800-200-600. It's toll free. Again, 0800-200-600. Or you can visit your nearest health facility. This message is brought to you by Ministry of Health with support from USAID. From Charlotte Lawrence, you just listened to Talk You Down and it's playing on RX Radio. I am Crystal, and you know, I'm thinking at one point or another, we have all had to talk someone down, either from overreacting, from uh underreacting, I don't know, from from just you know going out and, and making a bit of a nuisance of themselves. Uh yeah, side eye to you if you have friends like that. I'm looking at you straight on if you are that friend. I hope your people don't have to talk you down all the time. Mm? It brings us to the end of the show for today. I will join you again tomorrow at exactly 3 p.m. Thank you for joining me on The Groove and stay right here on RX Radio. Bye bye. RX Radio.